Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you are hurt or disabled, you may be entitled to benefits from an insurance company or social security. I'm Chris Helmer, an attorney at Clark Fork Law Offices. Our Missoula firm specializes in worker compensation, personal injury, and social security disability. There are many unknowns when injured or disabled. The other side is fighting hard. You should too. Call Clark Fork Law at 728-0168 for a free consultation or visit ClarkForkLaw.com. Again, 728-0168. In response to the unprecedented situation caused by COVID-19, United Way of Missoula County has created a COVID-19 emergency relief fund to support some of our neighbors most in need, local service workers who need help as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. For almost 90 years, United Way has supported our community's most vulnerable people in good times and bad. To make a tax-deductible gift, go to MissoulaUnitedWay.org. ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Duanas, ESPN Sports Center. Here we go. An array of transfers from all over the West Coast confirm their destinations will be in Montana over the last few days. That includes a Pac-12 transfer for the Montana Grizzlies and five transfers, three from the Pac-12 for Montana State. Official confirmation came for the first first for the Grizz with the transfer of former Washington State defensive end Bo Braden, the 6'4", 261-pound native of Vancouver, Washington, walked onto Wazoo before the 2018 season. He redshirted and then last year did not see any uh, action as a redshirt freshman, although he was an academic all-pack 12 selection. During his high school career at Columbia River, he was a two-time all-greater St. Helens League selection as a defensive lineman. For Montana State, they officially announced the addition of four transfers, including two from the Pac-12, while Skyline Sports also confirmed a fifth transfer, that of Thomas Marcus Jr., a wide receiver from Arizona. MSU officially announcing John Clark, a 6'4", 290-pound graduate transfer from the University of Washington, and Chaco 
Uoa, a 5'11", 200-pound grad transfer from Arizona. Bobcats also officially announced the transfer from junior college of Cole Sane, a former Grizzly out of John, St. John Bosco Prep. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Ford Law. Well advised to follow your own path In the year of the chewable ambient tab And the Panamanian child Stands at the doubt You ever drink tab? Like the soda? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know of no other. Yeah. You ever, you ever drink? No, I, I didn't. I, I was not really, uh, we weren't, we really didn't have a lot of soda around the house when I was a kid. It's two tell new one is one ESPN radio. Hour number two right now. Hour number one. If you missed anything in it, you can listen on the podcast, the podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. They're out there. Thanks to Blackfoot. Appreciate them for putting that together for us. If you would like to listen live, you can do that on the stream. The stream available all the time. 1029ESPN.com. You listen live on the stream thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Let me just say this. Yes, Tommy? I have made a series of mistakes on your boards and on your show, and I'd like to publicly apologize to you for that now. That's that's okay. I... uh, I would have never known. We were a little late to that sports center. Not that Coulter would have known because he was taking a lap, but I knew, but then that's because I couldn't hear anything, so I understand. It's okay. Thanks uh, Thanks for giving me an out. Yeah, it's fine. Well, thanks for giving us jobs. <laughs> thanks for turning the radio on. Because there's, uh, there's no way we could do this without uh, some serious... How about you, Tommy? You like Tab? You ever drink Tab? I'm I'm all I'm in the same world as Coulter. Uh, I'm not a soda pop guy. Um, my family uh, is um, a big fan of Pepsi. Okay, but I am not uh, a fan. I you don't, know, I don't drink actually, soda pop. Thank. I'm very happy to hear that because of all the things I knew about you, I would have assumed you would be a pop drinking guy. But I'm glad that you're not. Under what bullet points are you? routing that assumption uh the bullet me. points that are let me find every horrific thing as it pertains to my health to in in intake into my body hmm. that that's tommy evans it's a the generalized guy, the, the guy that on thanksgiving makes a, a map and hits every fast food restaurant in the city of missoula yeah for in his the thanksgiving good old days dinner. when they're open now they're like oh, stay home with your family <laughs> <laughs> No one needs Big Macs. <laughs> Just a full, a cool thousand dollars in in Tommy Evans fast food is not being made by the fast food in in uh, Missoula on Thanksgiving because they're not open the right hours for him. Uh, Coulter, let's talk a little bit here about this number one overall pick. First, foremost in the NFL, but also sort of overlaid with the NBA a little bit. But go ahead and set this up for us because per your question. So in the history of, of football, going back to 1936, only 13 overall number one picks have, have made it into the Hall of Fame, okay? Yep. And that number is, I think, lower than a lot of people would have guessed over yep. the course of yep. time. Yep, And, uh, I mean, a lot of these are from, you know, the 40s, like Bill Dudley and Charlie Tripp, the 50s, like Chuck Bagnerick and... Uh, Paul Horning, you guessed O.J. Simpson. Then he had Terry Bradshaw, Leroy Selman, Earl Campbell, John Elway, Bruce Smith, Troy Aikman, and Orlando Pace. So Troi Aikman, 1989 NFL draft, number one overall pick out of UCLA, is the last quarterback to be picked number one overall that's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, but that, 
To be fair, Peyton Manning will be going in the Hall of Fame. That's right. That's it. But is Michael Vick a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Probably not. Is yeah. Carson Palmer a Hall of Famer? No. I don't think so. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Borderline, Borderline. right? Borderline. Alex Smith? No. Right. Matt Stafford? No. Sam Bradford? No. Cam Newton? No. Andrew Luck? Mm. If he would have played longer, but I don't think so. Yeah. Jameis Winston? Hell no. Jared Goff? Nope. Baker Mayfield? It's too early to tell, but I would say not trending that way. Kyler Murray? Maybe. Joe Burrow? Maybe. Right. But I, I was thinking about this because I think that multiple different thoughts sparked this, this train of thought for okay. me. One, there's so many positions on a football field. We ta- we've been talking ad nauseum for the last week about the different values assigned to different positions in the NFL. And this is how the Ravens just get the best inside linebacker in the draft every year, even though they don't pick in the top 25, because that position just hasn't been assigned value. So then they can just go get the dudes who already fit into their culture, and it's just amazing that they've been able to do this for years. And, and there's several franchises in the league that are like this. The Seahawks are particularly good at not taking high-risk early picks, but stacking picks late, and then developing guys because they run a developmental system. There's only a couple teams that truly develop guys rather than just drafting guys and letting them roll in a pro-style system. The Seahawks, the Niners, the Vikings, I mean, that's about it in terms of truly developmental-type teams. Mm -hmm. So then I was thinking about how in the NFL, it's not as much about getting it right as it is about just not getting it incredibly wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the number one overall picks and how there's been so many guys, whether it was Jamarcus Russell or Courtney Brown or David Carr or Tim Couch or, you know, Kajana Carter, Jeff George. They're the number one overall pick. And not only did they flop, but it also killed the franchise that they went to. Yeah. In a lot lot of cases. It's interesting because it's, it's hard to say which direction the arrow points, right? Did the did the franchise fail because they picked a guy who flopped, or did the guy flop because the franchise is a failure and sure. he went there? Right, right. And and then, you know, regard it wasn't about the guy so much as it was, or both, right? right. It certainly could be a situation right. where the, it's both. But. but I mean think about if the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, had back to back number one picks nineteen ninety four and nineteen ninety five. They took Dan Wilkinson and Kajana Carter mm-hmm. when they could have took Marshall Falk and Tony Baselli. Or they could have took Steve McNair or Warren Sapp. Or, I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, 94, instead of Dan Wilkinson, they could have took Willie McGinnis, Trent Dilfer. So much of that is circumstantial because there's certain guys like Marshall Falk is going to be a great player, probably, even if he gets drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. I get that. But there's a bunch of guys who, if they get, who, who were really good players. That if they got drafted by the Bengals, maybe don't become really good players. Right. And so then I then I started thinking about and comparing to the NBA. You look at the NBA. I mean, I'm not going to bore you by reading 40 names in a row, but from from Elgin Baylor in the early 60s through Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the late 60s through Magic Johnson, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Shaq, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, LeBron James, Yao Ming, Dwight Howard. Derrick Rose. I mean, all the way down the line. Honestly, the number one pick in the NBA draft has lost some of its luster this decade more than it used to. Because it used to just be, oh, I'm just going to take the surefire big man. Right, right. Or if there was a guard, he must be so unbelievably out of this world like Allen Iverson was in college 
to, to be drafted over those guys. But then you look at the the number one picks the last eight years. This is actually interesting. Blake Griffin, obviously injuries derailed it. But John Wall, injuries. Kyrie Irving, to a certain extent, injuries. Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, DeAndre Ayton, Zion Williamson. They all share the injury factor, right? But they all share the hype factor and not quite living up to the hype yet for all those guys. But then it got me thinking about the conversation that you and I had earlier today. And that was that I think it's about a 50% chance that if you're number one overall pick that you become a, a great you know franchise-type player. And that's a 50% chance that you don't. Mm-hmm. But the... Courtney Browns and Mario Williams and, you know, Dan Wilkinson's of the world that are just either solid to non-existent NFL players, the bust doesn't get thrown in your face as hard as the Jamarcus Russells and the Tim Couches. That's right. It, it, I mean, it, it all hinges on quarterback, right? If you, get it, if you have a quarterback who all of a sudden isn't good, then it's out there for basically everybody to see. Whereas when Aaron Curry is taken number four overall by the Seattle Seahawks and doesn't work out, people are like, oh, yeah, I I don't even remember that guy. What even happened there? But it's a fourth overall pick. And I realize we're talking about number one overall, but to your point, Courtney Brown is Mm -hmm. an unbelievable football player, completely flames out in the league. And, yeah, like people are like, oh, right, that guy, right? But Tim Couch is like, ha, ha, the Browns. Right, you know, right, and 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 that is, it's it's only tied to the position. It's always tied to the position, and I think, listen, I think it's true that guys who are taken that are not quarterbacks, number one overall, yep, have a higher level of success than the quarterbacks. However, to to, to your point, nineteen of the last thirty overall number one overall draft picks have been quarterbacks, right, and we just went through the whole list. There's been guys, a whole an entire array of guys that were very solid, like uh, Alex Smith and Matt Stafford and, and Cam Newton, but put you over the top, change your franchise, lead you to a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning is literally the only guy that has done that for the team he was drafted by. Right. You could give Eli Manning credit for some of his playoff runs, but as far as you are the pillar of the franchise that is built around, and they built a Super Bowl team around you, Peyton Manning, that is it, and that is all over the last what I'm 22 years. In order of the year, just all the way. Yeah, through. I mean, those, okay. it's not all of them, but okay. those are like the most reputable okay. ones. But here's the thing I was going to say. I mean, what the point is is that I do think it's a higher degree of success for the guys that are not quarterbacks, but I also don't think it's as high as people think that it is because the assumption is you just don't miss if you take a non-quarterback number one overall because that guy is so good, right. and that's just not true. Now, Look, so, so Miles Garrett's great, but is he as great as where you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely number one overall? I don't know. Jadavion Clowney, he's not even on a team. Now, of course, he's going to be on a team, but he, he's a very good player, but he's not the guy where you go, oh, bang, Jadavion Clowney, obviously the best, you know, that's right. that's the dude. Jake Long, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. So I guess it's, it's – now, those guys were successful, but so is Matt Stafford. Like, just because Matt Stafford's right. not going probably to the Hall of Fame – who he knows? Might, dude. I mean, he might. His numbers are crazy. His numbers are crazy, and he's also absolutely unequivocally the great. Like you pointed out to me, and then I actually researched your statement that he's absolutely the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Not close. Not close. I mean, he's probably the third best player in franchise history, so, right? Well, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to go look at some 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 non skill position players. I mean, it's obviously Barry then Calvin. That's the list for Detroit. But um, my, my my question for you though yeah, is okay. this: is that if nineteen out of the last thirty number one overall picks have been quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and most of them have been Drew Bledsoe, and none of them besides Peyton Manning have been Peyton Manning. That is the logic that the quarterback should be the number one overall pick if and when you have number one overall quarterback talent. Is it flawed? Well, first of all, I'd say this. If it's Drew Bledsoe, it's not flawed. I mean, Drew Bledsoe's a really good quarterback. So I guess that's the second part of the question then is how good does someone have to be for it to be good enough? Totally. Right? And, and that's and that's the that's a very fair question. But if it's Drew if you get to a guy who turns out to be Drew Bledsoe, I think you should be thrilled like he, he's a right. really really good nfl quarterback. andrew luck can oh, cam, oh, Newton, cam newton those are good Absolutely. those are good right yeah yeah yeah. I, i'm just trying to find what's the like the actual litmus test like alex smith here's is what, what right like, is that the baseline yeah i i think so like if you get alex smith complete aside have you seen the pictures of the alex smith lake? okay bro no no now let me tell you something this project 11 this documentary that's coming out on alex smith dude I'm not gonna watch it. It's I'm just not gonna. I still have not looked at any replay or picture of the injury itself, and I'm not gonna. It's just I I'm bad with that stuff. That stuff, no. The 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 the, the Gordon, uh, the the Gordon Hayward deal, no. I'm not I'm I, I'm not doing it. I my I, I 17 just, I, surgeries he's had. I just couldn't believe that this story hasn't got more national play. This guy's almost lost his leg. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, from a live football game. Yeah, yeah. Coming back on the rails. Uh, hats off to Alex Smith, and we continue to wish him the absolute best. I've always liked Alex Smith. I thought the yeah. national media there, uh, everybody just checked down Charlie. Like, I just, I don't know, man. Alex Smith, he is what he is, but I think he's pretty dang good. That's exactly what he is. He is what he is, and he's pretty dang good, and you're, and you're not winning a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. But Probably. that's but that's the whole thing. It's like we were talking about on the golf. But course you the other would day. have if you would have taken him in the second round. You know what I mean? If he's a if he's not the absolute franchise guy or see, whatever. Inter- interesting. Maybe not second round. Interesting. Third. Well, see, that's where the, then that's what that's my whole question though. Is for you is that I agree. If you get Drew Bledsoe or Andrew Luck or whatever, that's that's great. But what you just said about Alex Smith, I believe to be true. For every quarterback that's walking around on planet Earth, except for maybe four guys, right? There, there's only there's four dudes who can win the whole thing by themselves. Yeah, at Patrick the, Mahomes, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I don't know if Drew Brees even can anymore. He he once upon a time maybe could. Who yeah. else is there? I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. But but you got the point is that you got a late first round pick who should have been the number one overall pick, but most of those guys are not even first round draft picks. But here's the other part of it. Let me guess what Holmes was. Two Tell Nuanas, 10290 ESPN Radio. The math of the draft for NFL and NBA is exactly opposite. I, I am I am totally befuddled by I'm I'm not. I think I understand it, but it still amazes me that 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 GMs and coaches can't just believe it. Your chances of getting a starter in the draft between rounds, they're better in the first round than they are in the second round. But so you're, about NFL. In the NFL. 
but they're so much better if you have two second round picks compared to one first round pick. Like I think the starters that come out of the first round are I, I'm I, this is not accurate, okay? But I'm just giving I, I, you you will have to go research it officially. But it, it's it's like, you know, ultimately maybe 65% of the guys taken in the first round become like everyday starters for, you know, a team. Right, Ryan Rosillo did this homework for you. Okay, good. On his last podcast, he said that 50% of NFL first-round draft pick quarterbacks. No, are, no, I'm not talking about quarterbacks. Oh, just I'm just talking about everybody. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, his, his whole notion was 50%, exactly 50, are pure and utter busts. And then the other 50%, you can explain away to being either okay, good, solid, to great. Yeah. But I guess my... But that's crazy. 50-50 chance to bust... Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess that's it that's it my isn't. whole point is that I I just I wonder what the why is. Is the why? I think that there's three potential whys as to why guys bust like they do. Either one, the quarterback evaluation process in the league is just very flawed. Two, when these guys they go to bad situations like you're talking about, or three, they can't handle the pressure. Right. I mean, it's not that the the process is quote unquote flawed. It's that the process is impossible. It's like impossibly hard to project and predict what guys are in all these various ways. It's and it's only quarterback, right? No, I mean it's everybody, but it's quarterbacks yeah, but, that eat the, but you don't miss nearly as much on the other things because it's so hard to misevaluate things like passion and motor and violence. You know, I mean, I don't know. If you see the middle linebacker from LSU, you know he can hit. You know he knows how to hit. Right. I mean, you know like, that Joe Burrow knows how to throw a football. It's a harder position to play. That's why it's harder to evaluate it, so to speak. It's a harder position to play. I, but I also think, though, that's where I think that maybe the the um, the the scouting of this position is flawed, though, is that having the biggest arm in the world is so far down the list of what's going to make you successful. Totally. But I think, I mean, there's a million metrics. I mean, every team has their own things, and some are better than others, clearly. But also, we've seen weak arm quarterbacks come into the NFL and be absolutely outstanding all the way to Hall of Famers. We've seen strong arm quarterbacks come in and do the same thing. And then we've seen strong arm and weak arm quarterbacks come out and flame out. And See, so it's not about, like, well, do you have a strong arm or do you have a weak arm? It's it's this conglomeration of a hundred factors that are mental physical emotional whatever what's what you got you 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 know you you came into the league you know and then you know two years in your wife leaves you you know and you know what what do you do now you know and does that maybe that helps your game somehow maybe it doesn't i don't know this is all this stuff that happens and it's not it's not science man it's art like you just gotta kind of like roll your dice out there, but the reason they keep going for him is because they think that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be Patrick Mahomes and vice versa. And so both teams go for the guys that they think is the best guy, and one team is right and one team ain't, and that's just the way it goes. And then everybody laughs at the Bears, and they think that, that the Chiefs are great and wonderful, and in this case, they're right. But next year, maybe you do get that guy. Maybe Daniel Jones is the answer for the New York Giants. He's not, though, and that's where I think that the, the process but is. But can't, you can't say that. You don't know that. You have to trust a lot of observational history, though, right? There's been very, very, very few quarterbacks. See, that's where I think that they they don't put enough into the evaluation of someone's personality, the evaluation of what does it take to be the face of a franchise. When I look and listen to Daniel Jones, I'm not inspired whatsoever. Just like when you look and listen at Eli Manning, 
who won two Super Bowls, or look and listen to Joe Flacco, who won a Super See, Bowl? See, I think that Eli Manning is the anomaly, though. Well, but, but I mean, the point- most of the great quarterbacks over the last 25 years have been very similar in their personalities, it, just in terms of their their unwavering like leadership skills. That's like Philip Rivers and Russell Wilson are not the same in their what like what makes them tick. Sure. But the way they operate on the field is very similar, and that's very similar to also Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And you can see it, you could see it in Mahomes right away. You could see it in Mahomes right away, and you could also see that Mr. Trubisky doesn't have it right away. And I, I just think that so much of it is talking to guys. This is I, just this, think, I think it's revisionist. I think you're looking at the results and going, well, here's why. I don't think no, that you're projecting no, anything. No, see, I think you don't give yourself enough credit to be able to analyze people's personalities on an elite level. And I do think that we can. And I do think that a lot of people that work in front offices in pro sports can't. No, I don't think I don't think that. And that's why I think well, there's so all, many. I do think that's accurate. I do. Actually, that's the why there's so many that. flops, man. And that's why you get all these guys that are just weirdos or they go off the rails or whatever because they can't evaluate personalities. The teams that can evaluate personalities, it's why the Baltimore Ravens have been the same team for 20 years because they get all the guys that are the same because they know how to analyze your person as much as your you as a player. No, I, I mean, look, I think every team is evaluating guys as people or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that the type of person that you are, there's there's a lot of different w- ways of personalities to be a good leader, but there is a common thread in being a good leader, sure. too. And I understand sure. what you're saying. But there's also like a quarterback gene, right? I mean, there's a, most of the great quarterbacks are very much the same. Uh, no. In their, in no. their, in their on-the-field unwavering competitors. I think most of the NFL players are the same. They're the mm. insane people running around and smashing into each other mm. and being the triple-A alpha male, whatever, whatever. And then there's, you know, the kickers. I, I don't know. All I'm saying, it's not revisionist to say that if you really just... if you, There's no way to me that you could ever have sat down with Mitch Trubisky over the last four years and been like, that's the guy I want to leave my franchise. And that's fair. I agree with that. I also think you would have said that about Eli Manning. I also think you would have said that about Joe Flacco. I I also think there's a bunch of guys that you would have said that about that all of a sudden turned out to be No, not okay. a bunch. Who else? Because well, the ones you just named are great, and those are anomalous examples. But who else? Because there isn't any others that I can think of off the top of my Rogers. head. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has has the never say die, though. He ha- He has the... I'm cocky, and I know that I'm going to bring us back. I'm not going to quit. But h- let me ask you this. How many guys have been cocky in a good way right? that also haven't then been good quarterbacks? I mean, there's plenty no, of guys totally. who have the the gene, the like, the like leadership thing and then just aren't good. All I'm saying is that so many of the guys that fail, to me, it's not surprising. No, I shouldn't even say fail. There's just guys that they put a ceiling on themselves just based on who they are. Derek Carr is what he is. That's what it's that's what it's gonna be. He's gonna just be a middle of the road quarterback. But he's also like the personification of every type of leader you would ever want to have. Like he's he's like tough, gets up, like encouraging, going to go yeah. doing it, doing but, the whole thing. How, how you act and how you play is different, though, right? Like, well, think, but this is the whole thing that you're telling me, though. This is what no, you have said. You're not listening, then. The, <laughs> it, there's a distinct difference between. I hate Russell Wilson. I know. I hate him. But there, there, it's undeniable him. When it is time to go, when you absolutely have to have it, right. he's going to give it to you. David Carr or Derek Carr 
pumping his fist on some completely inconsequential second quarter, third down has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the moment, these guys all share the same thing. And that's where aw shucks Eli Manning. He did. He wasn't that guy when it, when he, ne- he needed the big throw. But being cold blooded and clutch in the biggest moments is not what you were talking about. That's not what you were. That's that isn't to me what you're talking about. What you're talking about the personality traits of leadership to start this off. I mean, those are different things. I guess I may be per- not articulating this in the proper fashion. You know what I think. What's that? Another W for two tell. Oh That's God. what I think. The point is, if you're in the NFL draft, draft back. Accumulate draft picks. Get as many as you can, and they don't do it because they fall in love with guys, and they move up sport force boss well, to take Jordan Love. This is also why I think that – I mean, you've heard Joe Burrow's talk, Joe Burrow mm-hmm. talk, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got this I'm too cool for school thing going. I yeah. just think that that is so much more ripe for – Disaster yeah. than Nerdatron Peyton Manning, who's just like, beep, 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 beep. I'm going to memorize every playbook ever. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> it's too tell new honest. More Nerdatron next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Almost like we didn't go anywhere. It's two telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. You and I, we go up. 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. If you want to track us down on the social medias, you can do that at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and Ask Allen Sports MT as well. Uh, Coulter, we said that we were going to talk about this in this hour. You... Uh, were on your way to uh, this show yesterday, and then uh, called me. Yes, very much, very much flustered. Tommy's pumped up, stoked. Wants to hear about your misery. Highlight of my day. And uh, you know, one thing about you uh, that I've uh, noticed and learned over the years is, if something goes like, not like slightly off the rails, but like hard left. The Big Sky Conference Tournament ain't happening now. Mm. The engine is no longer under the hood. 
Your power of, uh, how can I say, not cognition, but just like the intense frustration, could I say anger, overrides anything else that might be happening for Colter Nuanas. Oh, that's that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> so. I just, I get, I was so mad yesterday. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll give you the long story short as far as the actual trip. It started with a cow. That's where we I, were. I, I, right. I won half a cow. a cow at the Sunny Holland Classic Golf Tournament in Bozeman last September. I lost the certificate to redeem for the cow. The most cultish thing ever. During quarantine cleaning, I found the certificate. Where was it? Uh, it was in my car. In uh, your car? It was in my car, yeah. it was. Uh, it, I had put it in a, an envelope that was then got buried in the side of the seat. So I found it, called it. And the guy said, oh, I was wondering if this was ever going to be redeemed. Good thing you called. Sure, I'll get it to you. And I didn't hear from him for a couple weeks. Then he calls me. He says, hey, I got your meat. It just got transported over from Billings. It needs to get somewhere on a freezer ASAP. And I said, okay. He said, I'm going to drop it off at your house in Bozeman. I got your address from the golf tournament people. I said, well, I, I my brother lives at that home now. I'm only there sporadically. Yeah, but I guess we—that's fine. Get it there, and we'll figure it out from there. So my brother and I are kind of brainstorming because he doesn't have any room. I mean, he's got a garage full of wine and beer. He's a beer and wine salesman besides his job, Skyline Sports, with me. So we're brainstorming. Okay, will any restaurant let us just stash this there mm. so that I can go over for the weekend? Because I was just going to go over the weekend this weekend, anyways, and just hang out or whatever. And no, there's no room. It's too much meat. Too much meat. So. Uh, we were shopping around for for freezers, but then I was like, "Well, man, do I really want to spend you know four or five hundred bucks on a freezer when I, the whole thing, the whole point of this is for it to be free meat? <laughs> like, I need this to be a, a net positive here. I would just buy five hundred dollars worth of meat if I wanted to spend five hundred dollars on meat. Right? But the meat's looking really tasty. Okay, so I'm like, okay, well, I just got to get it over here. You had a freezer. Our good buddy Sean Rainey had a freezer. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. figure it out. I just got to get it to Missoula. So I load up the meat. It's all good. I'm coming back here. You and I are talking on the phone, playing the show. It's all good. I'm going to be here. And then uh, my car, I'm driving about 80 miles per hour. This is right where the river forks four different times, two miles short of Garrison Junction on I-90 West. I can tell you exactly the spot. You know the spot. It's right where the miles, it's right where the mileage sign says Missoula, 75 miles. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I am an hour. I'm an hour right here. This is right where I am. Right. Uh, I'm going about 82 miles per hour. I had on cruise, and all of a sudden the RPMs just start going. I'm like, what? And then it sounded like a. Did you take it out of cruise? So I take it out of cruise, and I just have it on thing. And now I have no gas. Now I'm losing. I'm losing momentum. Now you didn't have it in like second gear, did you? No. So I'm like losing all my momentum, and and I'm like gradually slowing down, and then it sounds like a ceiling fan. With, if you hold a piece of cardboard up to it, it goes doosh, 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 and then it goes bang, and something <laughs> something flies out the bottom of my car. I see it fly out from underneath my hood, like underneath the undercarriage of my car, flies out. How so, can you see it? I thought well, you in, in my, the car? In my rear view. I oh, see, okay. Like I see like a big thing of smoke gotcha. underneath my car, and then something shoot out, and I hear it and everything. So then my whole car shut down. The, the emergency flashes go on all by themselves. Everything, they, Everything's flashing. It's going, it's going, it's going. I'm like, okay, I've got to pull over. So then I'm pulled over in this horrible spot. My Uncle Frank, when he first got back from Vietnam, 
he had pulled over on the side of the road to help somebody in a similar situation like this, got run over by a semi, got sucked through the engine, got dragged for like a mile. Needless to say, he's been messed up ever since that. That was a good 45 years ago. So I have nightmares of any time I'm on the side of the highway doing this. So I'm like looking in the hood, but I'm like, okay, I got to like watch the road, time it so there's no one coming. But I'm like around a blind corner, and again, my car's toast. It's done. Okay, so then I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk up the road while I try to call the roadside assistant and see if I can find anything that popped out or like did I hit something? Did something fall out of my engine? I walk up there, no avail, nothing. And so then I get back to the car, and finally I got a tow. So this is where I'm fierce, though. I'm not mad about the car because this is clearly just a straight, I could have done anything about it. Just what it is. It's just a mechanical yeah. error. And a lot of times when you have mechanical errors, you're like, what should I do? You know, there's all these different options. No, this thing is jacked. It is gone. Like, there is no, there's no choice but to call. This is what infuriates me, though. It's not the car being a mess because I was just like, okay, it is what it is. I'm going to figure it out. Like, obviously, this is a, a pretty new car. This is a warranty issue. I'm going straight to the dealer. I'm going straight to the corporation to say, hey, you can't just be having cars that explode with 60,000 miles on them when you're just driving down the highway. It's just not a thing that can happen. <laughs> but regardless... I am so mad because I'm on this 1-800 number, and I'm trying to get somebody to call, and everybody that I'm talking to, they're all like, yeah, we're going to send you a tow out of Billings, Montana. We got one coming from Bismarck, and I'm like, dude, you guys are not comprehending this. Bismarck, North Dakota is like 900 miles from where I am right now. Like, I was like, we got to think we got to think way more along the lines of maybe Deer Lodge, Drummond, and they're like, sir, these places aren't coming up. I'm like, I know. It's because I'm in Montana. But I'm like trying to use my insurance because I pay for this roadside assistance. So I'm trying to get this tow at least at a reduced price or something. And so finally I get on the phone with this guy from Miami. And I'm trying to explain to this guy. I'm like, I am at Mario Marker 173 on I-90 West. I am standing next to the sign that is two miles to Garrison Junction. I am two miles short of Garrison Junction. Junction 12. I-90 West. And he's like, sir, I'm dropping pings into your phone. We can't locate you with location services. I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Montana. You hear him pounding? You you have to help me. I was like, you got to get a map. You're not going to get the cell phone. The cell phone is not happening. There is no cell phone contact. Now, how can you call him on the phone? I'm on on the wireless network. I'm on the the, whatever, the 3G or whatever it is for the phone, but the internet doesn't work. The location service is not going to work if you don't have internet. It. And gotcha. so he's trying to do the new age, like, I'll just find you with my magic with my Apple deal. tracker. And I'm just like, no, you have to get you have to get a map out. I have to, like, so so finally this guy comes. So so meanwhile, I don't even know if I should tell the rest of the story because the rest of it could be kind of controversial. No, it's you don't need to you got you finally called a guy and I got, got the guy. I got the guy, but so then from I Butte, so, right? A guy from, 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 from Deer Lodge from oh, Deer from Lodge. Deer Lodge. From Deer okay. Lodge. And uh <laughs> And you made it home. The funniest part of the whole story, I'm just gonna tell it. I'm just gonna tell it. The funniest part of the whole I, story. I, I don't know about this. I I now for the record, Tommy, just so we're clear right here, I'm gonna put in a little timestamp here. I don't know what he's about to say. And I don't know how this story unfolds, so I can't be held responsible if this ends up being some FCC violation it's or not, something like that. Not, and I'm not, not. I, I was it's the not. one who was supposed to say, don't say this. Your operations manager approves it. Thank I've you. I've got a delay in it's, place. It's not, We're good. It's, there's nothing risque There about is it. such a thing as tact, too. You could say the thing without saying the thing. 
So I'm just putting that out there. Okay, now I get use all these. Te- I get all these texts. Your driver is arriving soon. Blah blah blah. Then I get another text that says you cannot, you cannot have a ride with this person. You have to find your own ride. You have to call someone because you can't be riding with tow truck drivers because of, of the pandemic. Oh, because of the, because of the COVID. So this guy pulls up. Okay. And I say, hey man, <laughs> I just got this message that I'm not allowed to be transported back to Missoula by you. Do I need to call someone? Because I'm not just going to sit out here in the middle of the road. And he goes, hell, I live 30 miles from Deer Lodge, Montana. I haven't been in contact with any real humans in three months. <laughs> Get in the truck. <laughs> and so now and I, you did, and now you're here. And now I have to go home and now sit here and wash my hands and take a big full shower or whatever. I mean, is. if we really, we could have a whole radio show all about that in itself. But we Me won't. washing my hands? Yeah. Uh, well, Coulter, you made it, and now your car is in the shop, and now you got a new so, car uh, that other, you're driving thing, around right now. The other thing is, though, like this tow truck driver, he was obviously a mechanical stud, so he pulls up, and uh, he says, he looks underneath my car, and so at this point, I've been on the road for an hour, and there's a big puddle of gas and oil below my car. That, nice. seems, that seems bad. And he picks up a, hand, a, a handful of shrapnel, that, and he's like, you see that? I said, yeah. He said, what did it sound like? I said, man, my RPM's red. You told him and, all the and things. Then he, yeah. And then he said, man, did it sound like a fan hitting on a piece of cardboard? I said, that's exactly how I would describe it. So those are your pistons. So your pistons spontaneously combusted and blew out the bottom of your engine. What said, did you do fried. to deserve this? I, I said, the whole thing's fried. <laughs> I said, what causes that? He said, nothing but bad luck. Nothing. <laughs> Straight up one in a million. This just happened to you. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, why you? I don't know, man. Now, yeah, here's you the do. bigger question. Did your meat make it back? My meat made it back, and it fit all in my freezer. Congratulations. And I delivered some to you, and I you did. pawned it off as Zoe's birthday See, present. I asked that question knowing nice. the answer to it, that it did make it back, but yeah. I felt like it was your well, I, I gave Zoe a, uh, a chuck roast that certainly weighs close to <laughs> yes. as much as she does. You gave if my Tina t- cooked that and had your kids <laughs> just eat that, it would feed your children for one month. A roast <laughs> of red meat. Happy fifth birthday, kiddo. Have a great day. <laughs> Tommy, if we wanted to take a break right now, could we? Hey, it's a 50-50. Well, let's try and see what happens. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Like Coulter and the tow truck driver. I don't know who you are, but I'm with you. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the show, including Coulter's outstanding story, outstanding for us, not so much for him, go to the uh, podcast, Tutel Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's available thanks to Blackfoot. Appreciate them very much for getting 
it out there. Uh, you can rate, review, subscribe, the whole deal, as you know, wherever you get your podcast, listen to Two Tell Nuanas. Uh, so you had, uh, you know, some problems on the highway. I didn't know. I just know love how all the, whenever anything bad happens to me, no one in my life has any sympathy for me. They all just laugh. Well, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I don't think it's just you. I think usually when bad things up to a point That's happen not true. to people, everybody gets a kick out of it. No. Yeah. There's so many people in this office that we would never laugh at their bad fortune ever. Mm. We wouldn't laugh. We would do it behind their backs. That's so no, no, no. It's not whack, man. It's it's you know you understand. There's some people that can take it. You're one of the people. You know, it's good for you that you can handle the fact that I'm (laughs) laughing. You know that that it. it, You know, I'm not happy it happened, but it is funny. Text from one of our sweet coworkers. She says, "I have great sympathy for you." Oh, bless your heart. Yes, yes. thank you, Heidi. Thank you for listening. I don't as much because here's the thing. At the end of the day, like, it's all good. Like, you're probably going to maybe get a new car out of this thing, you know? <laughs> yep. So I, I do. No, I, I I understand. It's it's just, uh, it's this, it's the whole same theory as the, the man in the arena, right? Hey, is it worse to know, is it is it is it worse to have the bad luck of something you can, can, can't control or not knowing that the next day is your child's fifth birthday? What's, <laughs> what's, what's worse? Okay. I think your biggest... Uh, um, challenge is going to be figuring out how to cook that big piece of meat. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I'll figure it out. I love the challenge that you've handed me on that, on that chuck roast. And and I thank you for it. Of course. Very much appreciated. Uh, Colton, do you want to do this deal? This uh, the scheduling thing of what's going on here a little bit? Here I mean, let's, just go, let's go a quick hitter, but then I want to revisit actually what we were talking about in, in the, uh, the first segment. We'll do that. Uh, but quick hitter, just just some news. Montana State's playing at Oregon in 2025. It's yeah. always fun when Big Sky teams play regional Pac-12 schools right. because people can go. And I mean, I thought last year, you know, the Grizz game at Autzen was fun, and it was it was a good time to go there. We mm-hmm. gave a bunch of tickets away, and it was cool watching those guys compete. I thought the Grizz played relatively well, and it was awesome seeing a guy like Justin Herbert live and in person. And so it's just cool. And who knows what Oregon's going to be like five years from now? But I mean, I'm sure that's not it's not as if they're going to just be some. Also ran. Presumably, right. Yeah. So that, that's that's cool. And then uh, we were going to talk about just the non-conference schedules of the two schools because uh, you know, Montana State's starting to play more money games. They're playing at Wyoming next year, playing at Oregon State in 2022, and then they added this Oregon game. Whereas Montana, they only have the one money game right now over the next five years on the docket. That's 2021 at Washington. But we'll get into that at a later time. I wanted to revisit this uh, this transfer um discussion that we led the show with because yeah. Montana State added, added five transfers. Montana added one. Uh, during the show, I've been able to go through the roster and compile. This is, by the way, in the last 24 hours. Just over the, the course of the offseason, it's been much much more than right. that. So now, uh, right now, a total of 14 transfers on the Montana Grizzlies, including one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from the FBS. Okay. And then two more from Air Force Prep, which is kind of like an FBS transfer. Like right. they were at the prep school for a year, but then they, they have to transfer like a college student, but they don't use lose the year of eligibility. Right. So they're kind of on the fringe. Regardless, Montana State, 14 transfers as well. So the exact same number of transfers. And Montana State has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from the FBS, and the rest are from the junior college rank. So okay. that's uh, interesting as well. But I think that so often, I, I think that I think transfers 10 to 15 years ago got a bad name because so many guys that transferred is because they got in trouble. Mm. 
That just doesn't happen that much anymore. If you got in trouble, you're not going to really get a second chance at another Division One school. You might at a D2 school. And there are some exceptions. There are some programs that take some risks. But I think that the, the writing is sort of on the wall. Taking those risks almost always backfires, and it's not worth it for the coach because if you're going to take a couple transfers and that's going to backfire in your face and you're going to get fired, that's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I also think transfers now, though, get a little bit of a bad name too because I do think that a lot of times we get into the get off my lawn, kids are lazy, they're quitters mode. And I do that a lot. And I do think that sometimes kids do give up too easily. I also think, though, sometimes you might have just made the wrong choice in recruiting. And if you can go find a place that's a great place, I mean, we've seen this. Choate's done such a good job of acclimating a lot of transfers that have come to Montana State into his program. Yeah. And then these guys go on and have great careers. Like just knowing Bryce Sturk, he was on the show last week, you know, talking to him again and just knowing him. He's just infinitely more happy as just a human being all the way around because of everything that Montana State was able to offer. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw that with Dalton Sneed, too. I mean, he goes from Scottsdale to Vegas to middle of nowhere, Kansas to Missoula, and he'll tell you he is a grizz for life, even though he was only here for two years. Right. And how can you ever bemoan a kid for searching for an opportunity and then finding one and then nailing it? Same right. thing with Travis Johnson. I mean... From L.A. to Oregon, and then finally to the back to L.A. and then to Montana State, Travis Johnson finally found the right opportunity for him. So sometimes I don't think it is a matter of kids quitting. It's just a matter of the fact that it really ha- is hard to find a good fit. That's true. And, it, you know, it's it's there's there's a bunch of different way that coaches, quote unquote, uh, 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 motivate players. And. I can see a lot of situations where, hey, you want this kid to keep like pushing through and you want him to push through, but you're being you know, hard-nosed on him or whatever. You're being tough with him and, and that kind of thing. And he doesn't think there's actually any hope of him playing. And so he just says, well, well you know, am I just going to keep running into the wall? Well, yeah, because you want to break through the wall. But also, if there's no perception that, that that's a possibility and the the choice to do it seems like out of your hands at some level – you know, you can understand that, and I, I'm always interested to know the psych, not even the psychology, but just the the decision making and the tactics behind coaches and players and what they're going to do. Um, you know, w- when when you talk about uh, uh, how it is that they're going to interact, especially when you have football where you have you know a hundred kids, man, right, that's right. a lot of dudes to kind of figure out what everything's going on. So, one more question I want to ask you because I know we're just running out of time, but yep. one more question I want to ask you is. Choate has been upfront about his whole procedure for acquiring transfers. I'm going to get kids I either had a previous relationship with or that I sit down and talk to and say, this is what we're about. Do you want to be a part of it? And then I'm going to gauge if they really do want to be a part of it. Do they fit into our culture? I think Coach Houck has done a pretty good job of that too. But Coach Houck has also gotten guys that maybe were playing a little bit above their actual talent level and brought them in and he's going to try to develop them. And their baseline talents going to be a little bit higher than maybe a big sky level, but wasn't quite a Pac-12 level, but he's going to develop them, and then they can become really good players. I think that's great. But one thing that Bobby Houck did his last time around, and this is aside from bringing in some transfers with troubled backgrounds. The other thing he did, though, is he would go get guys on the open market that he didn't really even maybe know that much about at positions where he had entrenched starters, guys that were proven great players, and he would do that on purpose to challenge them. And it's my thought that guys like Chase Reynolds and Mark Mariani, Lex Hilliard to a certain extent, they got even better than they already were because Bobby basically threatened their positions with transfers. I mean, Bobby Houck brought in a transfer to start over Chase, not to start over him, to make Chase earn the starting spot, Chase Reynolds, three years in a row. 
he brought in transfers from UCLA and BYU and Notre Dame and Oklahoma State and Washington at receiver to challenge Mark Mariani. I mean, Justin Green came here to challenge Lex Hillard, and they ended up splitting some carries, and then they both ended up getting drafted, which is incredible in itself. Yeah. But how can you use transfers to motivate guys within the program and inevitably the, the guys who loved it the most were the ones that won out? What do you think of that element? I think it's an interesting element. The thing I think about is what was the what was the story that was told to the transfer to get them here, and at what point do you gain a reputation when you're trying to get a guy that says, well, you're only bringing me in as a cattle prod and See, not actually as a player. I don't think Bobby Howe could ever say that to anybody. Well, of course not. I, of course he but, wouldn't but, say but, that. But, no. but I don't. But that's that's the thing, though, because what you're implying is actually very real. There's a lot of recruiting techniques that are very manipulative and that are filled with false promises. I've never been recruited by Bobby Houck per se, but my brother has, and I know for a fact that Coach Houck sells you on everything that there is to sell about Montana. And he makes no false promises. He says we have an absolutely ultra competitive program. Prove to me you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's where you know if you're transferred from Notre Dame, you're coming to Montana thinking, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna earn it. But but also, but the question is is if you have, you know, it may not be disingenuous at that level, but also if you are recruiting guys with the knowledge that they're never going to beat out this other kid. I mean, you, you just have the belief because you know who Chase Reynolds is or whatever if you're Bobby Howe. And I'm going to bring this kid in, and I know that I'm setting him up for failure, even though I've been upfront with him that this is going to be an open competition, and it quote-unquote is. You know, that's that's the thing that I wonder about. Like, is it if, – if you have a – 90% belief that you already have your guy and you're bringing the guy in just to get right. that guy better. Right, right. You're right. not saying that to right. him. No, totally. You know? Totally. And that's that was why my whole question to start this show was about how sustainable is it because I do think that if you have if you have 14 transfers on your rush like both these schools do mm-hmm. and 14 of them don't play, I don't know if that's that good for the locker room. Totally. No, it, it isn't. And that's not going to happen. Like you're, you there there's transfers that are going to be playing but you know again it's 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 making the mix there's a bunch of guys that are on football teams that aren't playing football i mean that's just the reality of it but most how and why is is the questions uh coulter i wish you the best in the future i hope you can reroute the, the ways to get to this office to a more efficient one and uh, i was bringing forward to seeing you tomorrow presence. boys and girls thursday we'll be here see you then It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.